Hello. I invite you into my living room. I am drinking a smoothie. I am listening to the sounds of Afternoon Brooklyn. And I am reading for you an essay that I am fighting the urge to say is overdue. Welcome to Threadings, the newsletter and podcast where we discuss black feminism, love studies, and other things keeping collecting me. I'm about to do a whole lot more learning in real time on this space because I feel like everywhere else on the internet I am curated and kept and collected. And I've been having some friends, some elders, some intimate people in my life challenge me to figure out what it feels like and what it sounds like and what it tastes like, how it how it sits in my body to be less curated and more... <sighs> What's more authentic than in the moment? Um, undesirable. To be less curated, because it isn't a matter of in real time. I'm very good at being desirable in real time. <laughs> but to be um, unput together, unsaucy, you know, unglossed. It's new. I'm trying it out. There are going to be a lot more conversations happening your way. And also, I like time to sit with these essays. I do. You're still going to get the essays. I'm going to put out a formal church announcement about it. But for today, I have an essay entitled, A Former Stripper, Current Workaholic Finds Balance. With the tagline, doesn't sex work ruin your relationship with men? (laughs) Nope, that was already bad. But I did think stories featuring my ability to work for 36 hours straight were fun at parties and not, like, horrifying. (laughs) And don't even get me started on what stripping did to my relationship with alcohol, LMFAO. We're going to get right into it. Hello, internet friends. It has been a hot second. The first portion of this essay is called Introductions, because I want better for us than this. My cycles have become undeniable and untenable to me. One, carve out the work. Two, bite off way more than I can chew. Three, chew anyways. Four, choke. Five, burn the hell out. Six, become overwhelmed with guilt and force myself into overdrive to make up for the burnout. So then step six again, or step seven, or step one, carve out the work. Add infinitum. This May, I set the work out in front of me, which was spend four weeks or so talking about mutual aid and its importance to our collective movements, and I knew it was too much ground to cover in four weeks. I knew that, but... The alliteration. <laughs> Mutual aid may. Ah, it's so cute. I simply could not resist. And truthfully, I do so love impossible challenges. I love impressing myself. I impressed myself today with this smoothie. It's delicious. Mm. The only relationship I have with grinding and productivity is to move fast and break stuff. Move and push and soar until I crash land. Why? Am I only proud of myself when I have exhausted every single facet of me? Why can't why why can't I just work a normal amount? What even is that? Do do I know what that is? Why don't I know? <laughs> Anyways, cute plans, lovely plans, beautiful gowns. <laughs> and then May actually happened and I had some family members in the hospital and then my cat needed emergency surgery too. Amazing. There's a beautiful picture in the newsletter of me uh, giving a, well, this is my life face, and my cat looking up at me from her cone with just betrayal, like like sincere, sad betrayal. 
I was knocked on my fucking ass to the point of necessary and steady and clarifying reflection. I had to come to Jesus moment. Ismatu, you cannot work like you used to. That was it. You cannot continue to do this like to yourself. You cannot. So what now? I just moved to New York City in the first week of June. And I thought after this move, I would settle and just kind of pick everything right back up again. I landed at 7 a.m. on a Sunday and was greeted with a block party on day one, a police chase and arrest outside my door on day two, and uh, apocalyptic smoke blanketing the city, rendering outside unbreathable on day three. I said, oh, oh, okay. And I sat my ass back down with a swiftness. I am learning to live in this body that no longer finds urgency a compelling reason to work and that's new i'm living in a body that is compelled by love which germinates and blooms at a pace entirely uncontrollable the work begins to be loving again because i really do love myself in the work because my works and the way that i gone about them have cost me so much of my time and my sleep and my sanity because i don't actually know That all this, all this work, needs to be so costly. This era in time presents the first opportunities of my life where I can set my own pace and output, and I still choose to work until I drop. I fall asleep sitting upright at my desk. Why? How do do I engage in something slower and deeper rooted, something that suits this body? All right. With that being said, Here's an essay that was originally called Learning to Love Myself Without Abuse. I'm writing this on a Tuesday in June, and I won't tell you the date because I'm certain the time of posting is weeks after the fact. I already know these words will need a short season to soak in these pages. Hello. I'm happy to be here, drinking tea on the Brooklyn version in my Chicago porch. I am finding, as I settle into my adult body, this sense of unnegotiable slowness fully embodied sweetly unbothered i breathe like it is a full-time job this new body relates a lot more to my cat by way of stretching and melting out on my good sheets sleep blinking at my timelines and my schedules ah this body says oh it's so refreshing your earnestness order me around some more it's so fun (laughs) she giggles to my face after she can't be bothered bothered to spare the full laugh i brew another cup of tea today the day of writing it's pistachio with cayenne and honey and cream and i reach for a pen The only work I like these days is written by hand and has time to settle well in ink. This body that likes processing, which requires me to slow the hell down and sound it all out. This new body shifts awake in waves, rolls out like molasses on a hot day, expansive and enjoying the process of seeing things stick to me. Absolutely nothing rushes this body. Absolutely nothing rushes this body, this adult body. I've, I've never felt so young before. I've written before on my relationships to my body and how abusive that relationship became working through graduate school. And that's not new, quite honestly. Many eras of my upbringing saw me putting myself through absolute peril. 
from the stressors of poverty to my own passive or active suicidality. Even the rigid gender performance that came with stripping felt physically painful once my time was up. This last era of corporal endurance was pretty banana nuts <laughs> looking back. Whole stretches of time where I just had to move and go and not slow down. Class to clients, clients to club club to come home so I could spend all this frantic creative energy making videos and watching my face be everywhere repeat maybe sleep repeat sometimes I would be up for 24 hours straight 30 hours straight 40 tits out no sleep skating through grad school on cocaine and lip gloss and margaritas hidden in my Starbucks tumbler allegedly and still bagging a 3.8 GPA I would be proud of myself if it wasn't for all the deaths I died doing that. While this is extreme, it's, like I said, not actually all that unusual for me. I've had this endurance necessary to navigate school plus money work plus creative work ever since I was driving home from closing Sifsa Jamba Juice at 1am as a 16-year-old that had 7am school, and I still wrote poetry every night before bed. This is just what it took to survive well. This body stays surprising me in her unending will to survive, despite the world's and my own best attempts. I have never actually known what it feels like to move slowly, I guess until now. I cite here an old essay, a great essay, one of my favorites. I became a stripper and married desirability. I want a divorce. It's available for the close friends portion of threadings, the people that uh, break off a cute $5 a month. There's an excerpt here that says, I will tell you, I rarely feel jealousy, but my mind is ego-driven. He was pissed. He felt forgotten because he was. I always say, I stuck my brain in a jar and then my jar in the locker to go to work. And that is true. They, mind and body, stopped making love. I stopped reading. She, body, repressed him so he, mind, worked her to death. And I... The narrator of this story and the they in between them became a miserable insomniac. We missed each other and we were too mad to say so. We three hated the club. Pole work became the only part of my job that I looked forward to until one day I was thinking while high, trademarked, at work and I saw the way that rich, rich men were tossing literal dollar bills at us and I like could not deny the dystopia. Politic, capital P, politic popped her eye open, took one look around at the mess we made of our life, and started screaming. I had to go. Imagine every time you go to work, someone starts screaming at you. Would encourage you to read the full essay. But this current era, this one where I am sleepy as fuck in perpetuity and not grind, grind, grinding, is my body loudly snatching herself back from the wills of my mind. A body that I appraised in dollars and influence with calculated ease. A body that I pumped with substances, caffeine, alcohol, TikTok notifications, cocaine, sugar, weed, etc. Because these were the vices and the negotiations necessary to excel in my day-to-day. She wants nothing to do with that shit. I am present in every day and languishing in what it feels like to be disappearing and inconsistent and mediocre. Enter. The intensely sexual relationship I have with my own standards. I know that that sounds weird. I kind of want to fuck excellence. I know it's weird. I wrote about it in uh, what is most definitely one of my favorite essays to date, also linked in the newsletter. 
Rereading it in this era of life where I cannot move as fast as I previously could highlights this obvious reality that I have happily ignored. Work is a vice for me too. All this sweat and discipline is just sex and desire and addiction by another name. I am still a workaholic. I use work to abuse myself and I call it good. I get so much praise for treating myself so poorly behind the scenes. I have trouble putting it down. And it being screens, drugs, champagne, the pen in my hand, right? You like, you get the picture. I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. Addiction to the performance of a job well done. Addiction to the slow burn and release of collapse. Addicted, not all the time, but often enough to something that is killing me at a rate where everyone applauds. A candle burning herself out and everyone else enjoying the light and warmth. Oh my God, was I always like this? Was I always like this or did sex work in the Christian church just fully turn me into a glutton for pain? You know, that's actually an entirely different essay. I digress. The point is, I no longer have totalitarian control over this body that has such an endless will to endure. She has snatched herself back from the jurisdiction and the various addictions of my mind. I cannot assume punishing working conditions anymore because i will wake up from a midday nap not having even realized that i fell asleep this new adult body she really not playing with me (laughs) new body slow body body that has lost completely my senses of time and space every day i plan for work and attempt to get myself to move 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 grind 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 Every day she looks at me with a giggle, not laugh, and puts me to sleep in such sneaky ways that I don't even realize I was knocked until after I've woken up. In no particular order, here's what I'm finding about learning to love myself with work sans abuse. I am not motivated by money. (laughs) I am motivated by community. I am not motivated by money at all, at all, at all, at all. Do you know what I did with all my stripper money? Tip hundreds of dollars every time I went out to eat, which was like multiple times a week. (laughs) Stripper money was for balling out at the farmer's market and for handing lump sums of indiscriminate bills wrapped in ones to homeless folk. And TBH honestly was a good ass life. But even so, if it wasn't for the monstrosity of capitalism outside my window every day, forcing me into the club, do you think that I would complete sex and pleasure with productivity like this? Do you? Good work would be what happens in my gardens internally and literally. The kissing and blooming of trees and roots and and flowers and fruit. We need to hurry up and read Zorana Hurston together as a group. So this is a marriage type shit. Like that. Even here, with these paper rectangle things solidified by the white man's imaginary, determining shit like clean water and safe sleep, I cannot bring myself to do shit for the money. I am doing it for my family so that my elders can sit down and so that I can have ice cream cone money for the little ones and so that the people that read me and write me and hear these words so that all of you that see and see and see me might feel less alone in this world. I need to be well enough to make art that keeps me alive. That is good work. That's my motivation. I am uh, finding balance and honesty. This especially includes honest self-inventory. Self-inventory, not appraisal. Instead of the question, what is this worth? One asks, what am I made of? To whom do I belong? Thinking of inventory, we mentally conjure things, right? A storehouse to be counted and accounted for, largely intuitive, 
when we think of inventory and assessment of what's present so that we can begin to conceive of what happens next. That follow-up question, right? Not just what am I made of, what's here, but also to whom do I belong? Maybe less obvious to any new readers. So hello, my name is Ismatu. I am an amalgamation of the people that build me. I cannot assess who or what or when I am or even how I am on a solely individual basis because I am not a storehouse. I'm a person. I must always consider my places of belonging and whether those are homes that suit me. I cannot work well and sustainably if I do not know intimately what I am working with and who I am working for and who I am working because of. I also have a commitment to learning slowly. I truly do not say anything on the internet that does not apply to me personally. Isma too, you have to slow down. I have the same educational traumas as the rest of us. I have desires to read all the things all at once and spew out information and be immediate and viral and effective. And none of that actually accomplishes anything that I set out for. Which are, not limited to, but including community, steadfast kindness, a saving kind of love, sufficiency, sustainably and with ease. All those things require infrastructure, which means all those things happen slowly. I wrote this in my work journal and I'm compelled to share it with you all. This is a picture like literally of my handwriting. It says, for some reason, as a general public, we cannot conceive of a world in quotes after this. When the world, in quotes, after this is inevitable, it is like we are in the middle of a birth. A new world is coming like the dawn, whether that is a world where trees will again be taller than buildings because the buildings have been decimated by war, or because our seventh generation down has allowed our old growth trees to swoop up unmitigated. That is up to us. We as a public fail to understand the urgency and the need to learn like a tree, slow and with deep and unmovable roots. Be willing to sit down with a book and let it stretch you out. We have another point here. Do not create urgency. Urgency is a lie of capitalism and honest self-inventory mandates you tell the fucking truth even when the truth is inconvenient or said differently, honestly what what i got to lie for nothing i do online is urgent i could disappear tomorrow and the world still turns it would be sad but mm, i do this i invite you all into my intimate thinking spaces my living rooms my journals because i like to and because i have a love for the people who want something better love is not compelled by urgency necessarily but by a will to act in the highest good of someone else and sometimes that is urgent but most days for you and for me we learn slow like the trees and that is a good thing and if we are to learn slow like the trees we have to be prepared to allow some space and time for ideas to root and germinate inside of us The process of becoming unyielding and bending and in network takes many lifetimes. Urgency can be paralyzing rather than catalyzing. I don't want to create senses of immediacy surrounding my work. I want to remind myself that there's love on the other end of this screen. Also, let love compelleth thy work. 
I keep saying it, but maybe it will hit better if I cosplay as King James. <laughs> I am grateful to be connected to a love for humanity that cuts me and steers me and blows the tears off my eyes and cheeks. I'm grateful for a love that is willing to kill me before letting me turn around. A love that compels me to the highest good of my children's children's children, who may never know my name, but may still feel oddly compelled towards late lunch cigars and honey with cream and strong dark tea. Work means nothing to me without a blooming thing on the other side. My good enough bar without the love of the team is really just empty performance. Submit to your body, Ismatu. For me in particular, submit to your body, my mind to my body. I had it backwards for so many years. I work like a bolt. When I set my sights on a task, a goal, a reality, I am insatiable. I am delirious and often delusional and nearly tireless. That is to say, my mind can be quite unrelenting in my pursuit of whatever it is. My mind has an unsettling ability to turn into an overseer and exploit how much my body loves the work. I replicate the same abuses of work that I learned in my own private garden spaces. I replicate the same abuses of work that I have learned outside, in my inside world, and I enact betrayals of the highest order, that same sort of harder, better, faster, I engage with everywhere else. My mind is alive as well, and he will beat me, but never kill me. My mind is not nearly as good at the business of loving as my body, who breathes for me, despite it all, and my politic who absolutely will split my scalp clean in two. <sighs> have we read Snorton's Black on both sides? If we haven't, I think that might be one we need to add to the collective reading list. That's what I mean by body snatching. This body that was designed by and for the work has snatched herself back to autonomy and laid her ass to wild-grown rest. She is truly and freely no longer convinced by my mind's bullshit. Accolades this, metrics that. She warms a croissant in the toaster oven, and I love this for her. I love this body. My elongating, softening self reminds me to use her as a conduit for the love of the work. My works are where I am most able to exercise the beauty of creation, to create something where there once was nothing as an extension of the divine. I'm going to run that back. To create something where there once was nothing is an extension of the divine. Creation is the greatest gift I think that God ever gave us. Primordial thoughts into an essay, loose and tangled thread made poetry, the glory of creation. Work is blessed. She, my body who breathes, reminds me to use her as a conduit of the love it takes to compel good work. A love that is compelled by the work. My body requests to be used as a conduit of working love and a conduit of loving work. No abuse or overseer required or allowed. My mind bends now to the breasts of my body, not the other way around. I have an elder cousin. We were on the phone 
And she just reminded me of this cruel phrase, which means you're thinking too much with your head. She said, hey, picking body balance, body balance, body balance, body balance. Balance the weight of your body with the weight of your mind. And you have so much more body than you have mind. Lastly, I have to allow the work, the works to bloom outside of me. Uh, This is another kind of submission, one that allows people to take pieces of me and run with what they need. I have spent my entire life terrified, terrified of the internet because I was, am, afraid of perceptions that I can't shape. It requires a certain level of trust to give yourself out like this and trust that people will find you generative and lovely and not use your words or your ideas or your likeness to be vile and poisonous. And the latter still happens. There's nothing I can do about that. Most especially, I am afraid of being made into things that I am not in the minds of folks that I will never know. It's why I avoided social media my whole life up until 23 when I had a friend run an Instagram account for me. And all my fears essentially came true, like in truth. Honestly, in truth, it's better this way. I needed an ego death. Allowing my work to be taken as needed rather than as I want it to happen has forced me to decouple love from understanding. Allowing my work to be taken as needed rather than what I want has forced me to decouple love from understanding. Whatever plant blooms within you, internet friend, from the seeds that I scatter into the noise, good. Now there are bits of me that belong to you entirely and that's that. It doesn't need to make sense to me because I'm not the point. The work was always meant to bloom however the work pleases. I am finally coming to accept that all this is bigger than me and that the work is a blessing because of the public, not in spite of it. So, as far as conclusions go, I am only as able as this body and mind allow me to be and I do not want to see the expansion of myself as financial opportunity. I am so done with the constant process of appraisal. I want to look at myself one day mind and body and all tenses and stages of me associated and not think about being marketable or consumable or understood. I don't know that I'll live to see that day, but I do know that I can take myself off the auction block of self-appraisal now as I write to you. Also, I bring these commitments and revelations to you not just because I hope it is helpful, but because I hope it acts as a better and more robust form of consent. We've entered into expectations with one another with this work. I produce blooms and you take what you will. And I want to reach a place of consistency that is comfortable and sustainable and not costing me so much. Which also means I need to be kind to myself in the work and communicative with you all about what that means for me. I treat my online spaces as an extension of my journaling. I'm unfolding and languishing, learning and leaping and flying in real time. I do not wish to hide uh, from we who care for me, however parasocially. And sometimes when I say things like this, people think that I must not have boundaries, that I lack strong boundaries. I promise you that's not the case. Despite how much I share, I assure you my boundaries are alive and solid. I do think that I have this unique ability to be expansive in authenticity. And I can let many folks, most of whom I'll never meet, in to see and touch these soft places on me and we're all made better. 
If I am to be for the people, that means I in part belong to the people. I must also be touched and changed by the people. You all touch me and leave a mark and I am left with deeper and wider tastes of the world. This process of sharing and of being changed, it makes me better. So, thank you for reading. Thank you for hearing and seeing me, what have you. Engaging with this space and this work compels the love I have to expand. It drives me towards the divinity of creation. And for those of you that have pledged dollars to this work, thank you for allowing me to buy back my time such that I can find myself on the tip of my pen. And far more importantly, it allows me to provide free and reduced cost counseling services to those that request it. Thank you. Bless you. There was a version one, I call it the Taylor's version of this same essay that is available for reading if you got an extra $5 a month. So I would encourage you toward it. But I will be kind to myself in the work of today. And I hope that you will be too. And I bless your hands and feet. And as always, I hope that the work of your day passes through your hands with ease. Love, Isma Tuji. I also love this song. Thank you so much for listening. I always am filled with so much peace after I finish these. Sometimes it can feel difficult to convince myself that I'm on the right track and that there are people that listen to this and think that it matters. But right now I feel in this moment that I I feel like it matters. Thank you.